This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And let's see, I have to start off with making a little correction from the last show. Oh boy. But hey, you know, I want to be that kind of a show that if I make a mistake and it's pointed out to me or I discover it, I correct it on the next show and in the show notes. I'll make the correction there as well because I noticed the mistake before I did the next show. So it'll be there. So I, I want to be that. I don't want to be one of those guys that you know never makes mistakes kind of thing or never admits to it or never brings it up and tries to rectify it and put it, put it right. So the mistake I made last week when I was talking about artists, I mentioned Chuck Close. And he is, uh, he's an artist that is super talented, really good. He does these giant portraits, and they're kind of... They're super. They're hyper realistic, uh, and they're also kind of not. You know, it's, it's it's a weird combination. If you get up close to it, it's it's it looks kind of strange because he he do things like he use little bits of paper, different color paper to kind of put it together, and he'd uh, um, he'd use uh, people uh, like fingerprints uh, as to make the shading and things like. He would just do experimental type stuff, but the overall effect was this very a photorealistic portrait. Well, I mentioned that he had, uh, well, as he calls it, an event. I didn't put it that way, but he had an event, something that ended up putting him in a wheelchair, paralyzing him. Uh, it was a spinal artery collapse, something like that. Why it happened, how it happened, I don't know, but that's what happened, and it put him in a wheelchair. It paralyzed him. However, I don't think, uh, I mean, this is just going by Wikipedia. Uh, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, it it didn't completely paralyze him because through some physical therapy he was able to regain some of his mobility. Uh, I guess he's able to walk a little bit, but he prefers to, to stay in the wheelchair because he's lazy. No, 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 because probably walking is very difficult for him. Uh, and he is able to paint. Now, uh, last week I said he painted with his mouth. He doesn't. He's able to move his arms and his hands a little bit. What uh, what is done for him is they his uh, brushes is, is taped or strapped to his hand, and he uses it that way. Uh, and he has an assistant that will set out a grid on the huge canvases that that he works on. And what he'll do is. And there's an example of this on the Wikipedia page. I'll link to the show notes. Just go to dimland.com, click on the blog option, and you'll find the show notes. Uh, You'll see there's an image of a before, well, of a up close and a far away. Because his images up close, especially since his, uh, uh, his event, are very pixelated-ish. Not exactly pixelated, but they're these blobs of color. And it, and there's a close-up of, uh, of an eyeball and kind of, you know, the part of the skin just under the, you know, the bottom eyelid and the skin of the upper cheek and that, that area there. There's And it just looks like these blobs of color, but you can see that, okay, it's an eyeball, but it's not very precisely done. Uh, but the thing is, you go back far enough, and there's an example of the picture back far enough, and it, it, it looks like a photograph. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just the, 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 the talent that he has, and the ability that he has, and the work that went into getting to that level. And even with 
the event, as he calls it, that took away his his body for the most part, he still is able to produce this just this fantastic art. So it tells you, in uh, in a sense that well, in a real sense that the talent, the ability is in the brain. Although the body needs to be able to work, and you know if you lose uh, dexterity in your hands, you 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 know you're not quite as good as you used to be. Can't play the piano as well as you could, or or things like that. Uh, but you could still, you know, in Mash. What we learned in, in the episode of MASH, remember MASH, when uh, Charles Winchester III, uh, he, he uh, uh, operated on this fellow who had a damaged hand, but um, he, he was able to, to bring it back to usableness. Not back to 100%, but usable. And when he, then he finds out that the guy was a concert pian a pianist and his hand's useless to him now. And the guy didn't want to live, and all this kind of stuff. When finally Charles, you know, she tries to appeal to the guy. She says, "Your talent is still in you. Your ability is still there. You just you pick up the baton, become a conductor. You can write music. You can you can teach. You can, you know." He's trying to get through to the guy, and he finally finds a piece of uh, of uh, music that's composed by uh, um, a musician who lost the use of, of his right hand, only had the left hand, I think that's the one, and and he would compose music for piano, just for the left hand. And so he put it in front of this guy, and he says, here, give this a shot, just to show that it's possible. That was the MASH episode. So I got it wrong. He, he, he doesn't use his mouth. He's able to use the brush with his hand, but it has to be strapped in, and he can't be as precise as he used to be. But he still, Chuck Close that is, produces just amazing artwork, just amazing stuff, and it's just, it's just, just brilliant. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> um, I went and bought, uh, you know, my, I, my addiction, uh, Coca-Cola, uh, yes, <laughs> I love Coca-Cola, uh, and I, I, I drink the caffeine-free Coca-Cola, I drink the regular stuff. Uh, I was afraid of the caffeine-free stuff at first. Well, you see, I've got the high blood pressure, I've had it since I was 28, I don't know, so I guess I'm a little high-strung. I guess being a pedant might, might, uh, contribute, I'm not sure, but for whatever reason, when I was 28, I had this headache that wouldn't go away for days, went to get my figure out what's going on with me they took my blood pressure and it was way up there I can't remember exactly it was like 150 over 105 or something which is way up and it was it was something so you know I've been on meds ever since and I try to be careful I should exercise more I really should and um, the meds have been doing fine they've been keeping me in good shape and you know yeah, you know over the years it's, it starts to get a little worse they, they up the dosage but then they realize you know now it's time to shift you to something else you know that's just how it works and uh, so they did shift me to this one thing that made my feet puff up and I couldn't stand that after a while it's, at first I thought well this is what it's going to be this is what it's going to be but then after a while it just got to be it just it got very uncomfortable so they switched me to something else and so that's been working and okay and anyway so at one point along the line the doctor said to me he says uh you know do you drink caffeine and i said well i, I drink coke and, and i try to keep it to you know, a couple can two cans a day eh, sometimes it's more <laughs> but uh, i try you know and, and, and and uh he said uh, well uh, well maybe you should just go to the decaf you know the caffeine free coca-cola and i looked at him and went, really <laughs> do i have to and um you know he just was suggesting it so okay well i'll uh, i'll think about it because i was just thinking just i i can't stand diet sodas i, I can't stand the way they taste and i figured oh, this is going to be you know, what's this going to taste like I mean, I don't know what caffeine adds to something other than a little pick-me-up, I suppose. It is a bit of a sp you know, speed jolt kind of thing. And uh, anyway, so my, my in-laws at the time, uh, living up in Rush City, we went up to visit, and I noticed that, that uh, my father-in-law drank caffeine-free Coca-Cola. And I looked and I thought, well, I'll give it a try. Here's a good way to give it a try without committing and buying a 12-pack 
Let's give it a try. And I did, and as far as I could tell, I couldn't tell a difference. It tastes the same to me. So I made the switch. I still do get the regular stuff every now and then, like when I buy the 20-ounce bottle. So, and I do that a couple times a week. And uh, just this week, uh, I, uh, I picked up a couple bottles. And for a while now, Coca-Cola has been doing the names, people's names on, on bottles. You know, first name, you know, you, you might find Harry or, or Jane or, or, you know, names like that. And they've been doing that for a while, off and on. And it, I, I guess it encourages people to buy the stuff they want to find their name. You know, Benjamin, ooh, cool. Yeah. Um, and they would have more uh, uh, of a diverse amount of names. You'd see Jose, uh, you might see Saeed, or things like that. You know, just because America's more than just, you know, the European names. Is that, is that right? The European names? Whatever. Um, and so that and Coca-Cola knows this, and that's kind of cool, you know. Just like when Crayola realized that flesh tone color crayons, uh, the flesh tone shouldn't just be white people, because that's kind of not how the world is. Well, Coca-Cola realized, hey, if we're gonna do names, let's do names that you know other people will, you know, that that, that have not been serviced by the names things, because uh, the names aren't quote unquote normal. But they're normal in some parts of the world. It's just, and they're becoming more common in this part. So, yes, other names. That's fine. But this time around, they've had some names that seem more like last names. And I'll get, I'll get to more of that in a moment. Anyway, so there I, I, I see the bottles, and I get mine. There's James. There's a James. I went, wow, I gotta get that. I mean, because I was named James, but I go by Jim, or you guys can call me Dim if you want. Uh, and so I, I, I grabbed that one and the other name, which I f forget what it was. Uh, anyway, so I brought it up to the register and I said, hey, got my name. And I kind of know the people at this. It's a little mom and pop grocery store that's just you know, a block and a half from where I, or a block from where I work. So I kind of know them down there. And and I mentioned the, the James thing and it, I don't know, it just popped in my head. I said, you know, that the most common first name of the United States presidents is James. Did you know that? It is. It's the most common. And I so today I was just looking around and I was seeing all the names and uh, and I think I've got all the duplicates. There's an awful lot of just single names like Ulysses. Well, how many Ulysses are there? And there Chester. Uh, how many Chesters are there? It, it's it's surprising though uh, that there was only one Thomas. You would think there'd be more than just one Thomas in there. Um, so and uh, let's see what other ones that just one of. Uh, I wrote some down. <laughs> uh, my notes or something. Yeah, there's uh, there's only one Richard, one Barack. Come on, one Barack. To, oh well, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm just being silly. So okay, uh, uh, there are two Franklins, Franklin Pierce, Franklin D. Roosevelt. There are two Andrews, Andrew Jackson, Andrew Johnson. Uh, Andrew Johnson, by the way, was the uh, first American president to be impeached. The second of which was uh, was uh, Bill Clinton. Richard Nixon was not impeached. He resigned before the process was completed. He certainly appeared to be about to be impeached, so he uh, he resigned. Uh, okay, so that's the two names. The three names: um, George Washington, the Georges, three Georges: George Washington, George H. W. Bush, and George W. Bush. Kind of would have thought there'd be more Georges because you know George Washington, the first president, set all the precedents of what a president should be. Did you know that there weren't term limits when the president's office first came in? You know, when the Constitution was ratified and we had our first president, there was no term limits. He could have uh, uh, Washington could have run again, but he felt that two terms was enough, and he and he and it was a kind of a good thing because he could have set himself up as a king. He could have. I think there was even. Uh, a proposal to do as such, and he said, "No, I, you know, president and and eight years should be enough." And that was the followed kind of gentleman's agreement, if you will. The 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 precedent was set: two terms, and 
you know, no other president uh, decided to run for a third term until Franklin Roosevelt, who was elected four times. Four times. And then after, uh, after he was out of office, you know, he died. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly when it came in, but uh, the, uh, the Constitution was adjusted, was amended, so that the president can only serve two terms. And, okay. and then, of course, you do know that there's one president among the presidents uh, uh, that served two terms, but non-consecutive terms. It was Grover Cleveland. He, 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 he was beaten by, uh, geez, William Harrison, I think? Mm. <laughs> no, no, Benjamin Harrison. Benjamin Harrison? Ah, that's probably the one that beat him. And, and here's something interesting that I found out about it. Uh, Grover Cleveland won the popular vote in that in his re-election attempt. He won the popular vote, but he didn't carry two of the swing states that he carried in his first victory. He didn't carry those, and uh, so you know, so he ended up losing. Uh, he, he didn't get the electoral vote. So it it has happened before, folks, that somebody wins the popular vote but doesn't win the electoral and doesn't become president. It has happened before. And, and then when he decided to run again, um, Harrison, his, his wife, uh, was uh, dying of tuberculosis, and he didn't campaign at all. I guess he just had you know, his vice president or whoever, you know, surrogates campaign for him while he attended to his wife. She died two weeks before the election. Uh, I read on the Wikipedia they said that it was one of the qu most quietest, uh, cleanest, most you know, uneventful elections to take place, especially after the Civil War. And uh, so for the two weeks prior to the election, nobody campaigned. Not just, not just Cleveland, he did, but no other politician, nobody campaigned in deference to the president losing his wife. So nobody campaigned, and Cleveland ends up winning. Um, now this, is, this might sound a little sexist, and I, I understand that. But I wonder if women had the right to vote at that time, because they didn't. This was 1892. Uh, would there have been a sympathy vote, maybe, for a man who lost his wife? Or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe you know, I don't know. I don't know how it would have gone. So I, I wonder. Um, but I wonder if maybe even then, even if women were voting, they might think, well, you know, the man just lost his wife. Is he really going to be able to concentrate on being the president? You know that kind of thing. So let's go. So I don't know exactly what swung him in for that next for his second term, which was non-consecutive. So forgive me if I got a little sexist there, but I was just I'm just curious. I wonder how would the election have been different if it would have been different at all had women had the right to vote. I don't know. Okay. So um, then there were uh, then there were the Johns presidents. There were four of them. There was John Adams, John Quincy Adams, John Tyler, and John F. Kennedy. Most of us call him Jack, but there was four of them. And then uh, Williams. There was four Williams. William Henry Harrison, William McKinley. He was the second. Uh, McKinley was the third president, I think, to be assassinated. Yes, third president to be assassinated. Uh, there was uh, William Howard Taft and Bill Clinton, William Jefferson Clinton, but we all called him Bill. Okay, and then the James. Uh, James Madison, James Monroe, James K. Polk, James Buchanan, James A. Garfield. Garfield was the second president to be assassinated. And Jimmy Carter, you know, James Earl Carter, but we all called him Jimmy. So James was the most common name of the presidents. So there. But I'm surprised, I'm surprised that there were no Davids. There's no Pauls, no Josephs, no Peters, Samuels. Uh, there was no Michaels. There was no president named Michael. That's kind of hard to believe. There were no Hillarys. <laughs> I tease, just a little. <clears throat> and these names on the bottles made me feel a little old. Do you know the band The Pixies? Uh, they were an alternative uh, band that came out uh, the late 80s and into the 90s, and uh, they broke up after a while, but now they're back together. And their lead leader of the band, was, his name was, uh, he went by Black Francis. Uh, and then when the band broke up, he adopted the name Frank Black. But his actual name, oh, I wrote it down. 
let's see, Charles, uh, let's see, Charles Michael Kittredge Thompson the Fourth. Ooh hoo! <laughs> oh my! Charles Emerson Winchester the Third. Meet Charles Michael Kittredge Thompson the Fourth. I see why he went by Black Francis. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm there in. I go in to get a couple of cokes. There's a bottle that says Charles, and there's one that has Thompson, which I was saying like they seem to be doing last name type names because Thompson. I don't know of Thompson being a first name. I'm not saying it's never happened, but so I I, bought, I got them and I went up and the young guy behind the the counter, twenty something, and I said to him, "Have you ever heard of the Pixies, the rock, the the alternative rock band, the Pixies?" And he went, "No." <laughs> What? Really? Oh, I felt old. I felt old until I realized, well, they were alternative. The kid probably wasn't into the alternative scene. That's it. That's what it is. He's just not hip to the alternative stuff. Whew. Now I don't feel so old, but I really am old. And that creaking of the door you just heard is my uh, 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 warning that uh, it's time for me to go to break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'm so old. I'll be back after this break. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts. So we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided the vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the facts about vaccines so you can make the best health care decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and vaccinateyourbaby.org. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. there that means i'm gonna do and it's not true i haven't done one of these in a while um this one <clears throat> a lot of these it's not trues come from the pages of snopes.com i know i know people are just there's people out there that uh that just 
reflexively look at, at Snopes and say, oh, they're not reliable. Oh, they got a liberal bias. Yeah, because eight years we had a Democrat president who had a lot of bullshit written about him, and, uh, and you know, Snopes corrected it. So, of course, they're liberal. You know, eight years before him, uh, we had a, uh, a you know, a, a Republican president, and for not the whole eight years, because I'm not sure when Snopes first got started. No, probably. Uh, but, you know, they they were considered to be conservative because, uh, you know, they would def they, there'd be bullshit written about W, and then they'd correct that. So, you know, there's a little of that. You know you're doing something right when you got both sides mad at you. Right? Um, this came up. Now, <clears throat> there's only been one Donald president. Yeah. There's only been one Ronald, too. <laughs> but uh, there's only been one Donald president, and he's the one that we got right now. And uh, he's, he's not the best speaker. Uh, he's got great words. He's got the best words. He just doesn't use them. He doesn't speak them in his speeches. I just, the man, it's just astounding listening to him. And you think, ah, I, he's not, it's not even like he's, like he's plain spoken. He, you know, uh, I guess Harry Truman wasn't the, the best speech maker, but he was a kind of a, a plain spoken guy. But he didn't sound like, uh, as I've stated before in the show, like a fifth grader giving a book report for a book he didn't read. That's that's what I hear when I hear Trump speak, and that's that's even when something's prepared for him. It's you know, let alone speaking off the cuff. That doesn't mean he's a dummy. It doesn't. I don't. I don't think he's a dummy. It's just you know, and he may be just doing this. This is an act that he puts on to, for whatever reason, to put people at a disadvantage to make him you know to make him make everybody think that the guy's not that bright. And he's, while in the background, he's doing all this Machiavellian-type maneuvers that nobody knows about, or maybe we do know about, I don't know. Uh, there was that skit about Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan was that, you know, from Saturday Night Live with uh, Phil Hartman playing him. And Ronald was this kindly, grandfatherly old man meeting, the, 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 meeting this young girl who, who sold the most Girl Scout cookies. And he says, boy, you know, I, I should put you on my cabinet there, Susie, or whatever her name was. And then, uh, and then she'd leave, and, and they'd say, all right, boys, let's get to work. And he'd get all the guys in there, come on, get in here, no, this is what I want to do. And then they'd, an aide would come and say, oh, someone's always here from the uh, the press, and they need this talk. Okay, boys, get in there. And then he'd be grandfatherly, well, you know, I'm, 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 you know, he'd be like that. So maybe that's, you know, that skit is kind of what, what President Trump's doing. I don't know. And this whole thing about handshakes, for Christ's sake, get over it. You've never, you've never put your hand out and and it, it got in an awkward handshake moment. That's never happened to you when you think somebody's going to shake your hand or maybe go for a hug and you go for a handshake and they're going for a hug and you're going for or you're going for a hug and they're going for a handshake or you, you're, you're going to shake one person's hand but they turn the, the, the other way and then another person shakes your hand but it's all kind of come on, ah, you know I've I've talked about this before. It's like the 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 the, the microscope. That they're putting people under, and it's not just putting Trump under it. It's just, it's just anybody, any politician, just put them under this microscope and look for any hair out of place and make it seem like it's the worst thing ever. Anyway, so on, uh, I guess on June thirtieth, just this year, um, uh, Donald Trump signed an executive order to reestablish the National Space Council which had been defunct since it was absorbed by the National Science and Technology Council in 1993. Uh, standing by his side, I'm reading from the Wikipedia. Uh, standing by his side was astronaut Buzz Aldrin, who was 87 years old and still could probably kick that moon landing guy's butt. That moon landing denier guy's butt. That, well, anyway, I'll, more on that in a moment. Uh, who was the second person to walk on the moon after Neil Armstrong. You should all know that, right? Uh, as part of the Apollo 11 mission. Uh, Trump's exchange with Aldrin uh, quickly went viral. Now, <clears throat> I can't do a Trump impression. At least I don't think I can. And if I do, it's probably just me doing an impression of Alec Baldwin doing Trump. 
but uh, uh, we we know what this is space uh, that's all it ha that's all it has to say space there's a lot of room out there right Trump asked uh, uh, Aldrin as uh, he prepared to sign the order Aldrin replied by quoting uh, Buzz Lightyear by saying uh, infinity and beyond uh, infinity is is uh, this is infinity here. <laughs> Trump responded as Baldwin or as uh, Aldrin, not Baldwin, uh, Baldwin. Uh, as Aldrin looked on, appearing increasingly confused by the president's comments, uh, it could be infinity. We don't really know, but it could be. It has to be something, but it could be infinity, right? It's like, what the hell? If you just shut up, <laughs> it's like. It's it's why isn't there somebody standing off to the side just saying just shut up move along? God, he's some. It's, yes, it's in. But it's and so I guess the whole time it, you know the president's up talking and, and and in the background you can see Aldrin kind of you know, making these faces, <laughs> rolling his eyes a little. Okay, this guy. Whoa, man, Frederick Douglass, he's not. I'm meaning uh, not a great speaker, because Frederick Douglass was. But see, Donald Trump seems to think that he's still alive. I see. I, oh goodness gracious! So the idea is suddenly this uh, the site uh, shows up on the internet saying uh, the site's called the the Rochdale or Rockdale uh, Herald published an article appearing uh, to report that Aldrin said his biggest achievement, uh, uh, his biggest life achievement was. Um, restraining himself from punching President Trump. Well, of course, all the people who don't like President Trump, or at least a lot of them, all jumped on that and believed it. Like that. He's like, really? I, seriously? It, 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 I mean, it, he has to be joking, right? If he actually said it, he has to be joking. If he actually said it. Because that's the, the biggest achievement of your life. The, guy, the second person to walk on the moon that's the biggest achievement. Yeah. The biggest... Well, it turns out it's bullshit. The Rockdale or Rochdale Herald is one of those bullshit sites. Now, the only... You know, they, they call themselves satire. Let's see, where is it saying here? Um, on their About page, About Themselves, on their website, uh, it says, DTT, uh, that the... Uh, the Rochdale, Rockdale Herald is a satirical spoof parody commentary on current affairs and stuff that annoys and amuses us. We make it up, and it's not intended in any way whatsoever to be considered factual. It's right there on their page, but this is part of the problem with the fake news. It's part of the problem. One is people just read headlines, they don't read the articles, which I really make a concerted effort. If I'm going to comment on something, if I'm going to share it, I damn well better read the article before I do so. And I'm doing pretty well at keeping on that, <laughs> even though sometimes it's it's like right away. Oh, I want to do. And I saw this headline. I did a pedantic moment about it on the on the Facebook. It was uh, uh, the headline was Ken uh, Al Franken be the first Jewish president? Question mark. This is the headline for whatever opinion site it was, or yeah. and I, and I. So in the comment thread, which I do this now when I when I and I get pedantic in a, in a comment thread, I always preface it by saying warning, pedantic moment ahead. That way, if anybody gets on me, I can say I did say I was being pedantic. I warned you. <laughs> okay. So and I so I said warning, pedantic moment ahead. The headline should read, could Al Franken be the first Jewish president? Can, yes, he can. He can be because there hasn't been a Jewish president before him, and there's no litmus test for religion as to what you should be for president. You know, there's only three criteria to be a president. It's in the Constitution, Article Two. There's only three requirements. One, that you're born here in the United States. Now, at the time that the Constitution was ratified, there was a little bit extra, uh, or have been a resident of the United States at the time of the ratification of the uh, of the Constitution or the adoption uh, of the Constitution, however it's written in there. I don't have my pocket Constitution with me. Um, but, you know, because at that time, there were 
people in the country of the United States that weren't born in the United States but lived there. Okay, and then the the second thing, so, so the first thing is you got to be born here, so we can we can we can do away with the or have live, been living as here when the Constitution came into effect. We can put that aside, you know. John McCain's old, but he's not that old. Uh, and um, the other one is that you have to be at least 35 years old and have lived in the United States for 14 years. Been a resident for 14 years. That's it. So nothing says that you have to be Catholic or you have to be Protestant or you have to be Jewish or you have to be any religion, that you have to be male or female, that you have to be straight or gay. It, there's nothing, nothing else. It doesn't say you can't have a felony record. It doesn't say that you can't have, you know, that you, uh, that you have to have a college diploma. It doesn't say any of that. It, all it says, you got to be born here, you got to be 35, and you have to have lived here for 14 years. That's it. So yes, Al Franken can be the, you know, it is possible for him to be, but could he be? That's the question you're supposed to be asking. Could he be? The next one. So that was my pedantic moment. Anyway, back to this. So the problem with the fake news stuff, unless you're the onion, unless the source is the onion, because the onion has established itself as a satire, as a parody, as a political commentary and social commentary type thing. So when you see that it's from The Onion, you realize yeah, it's a put-on, but it's, it's done in an intelligent way where it, you know, th there is a message to it. It's not just trying to be just funny. There's something underlying going on as well. Maybe a some, somewhat of a political agenda, I suppose, and I think coming from the left. But you know, it's at least intelligent and it has been established. This, this Rochdale... Harold has not been established. So, you know, you, you have to, what I often say when somebody puts up something that doesn't immediately look like it's a, a, a parody or something, but I look and see where this news is coming from. I mean, it seems a little out there, and the, the news will say, it'll say it came from, well, for instance, I'll just use the, you know, the Rochdale, uh, Rochdale, Rockdale. Herald, I'll just use that as an example. I'll, I'll, I'll write, I'll ask, is that source a reliable source for news? That's one of the things I'll ask in the comments. And, that, and, and that's, that's when I haven't gone ahead and read the, the, the article. But I just kind of throw that out there right away to say, is, is that source that you're getting, whatever it is, is that a reliable source for news? Yeah, and you know, I know there are those that wouldn't believe any of that. So, uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, the uh, Buzz Aldrin saying that his refraining from punching President Trump was his life's greatest achievement. It's not true. It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you, because I'm fearing you're aware. It's not true. I only have a couple minutes before I take the break, so I tell you what, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to break right now, my second break for the show. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident.
Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay. Uh, July 2nd has uh, recently passed, but very recently passed by. And July 2nd is the uh, anniversary date of the disappearance of uh, uh, air flight pioneer Amelia Earhart. It was in 1937, so this past July 2nd was the 80th anniversary, and since everybody likes either zeros, zeros or fives at the ends of their arbitrarily chosen milestone moments, uh, of course, it hits the news. You know, the 80th anniversary sounds better than the 79th or the 81st, even though they might mention it. But you're not going to get, uh, you're not necessarily going to get a special on TV or a book published because the, they'll wait for those arbitrarily chosen milestone moments. Like I said, they like them. They like them at the end in a five or a zero. I, I don't know why. We just do. That's just how we work. That's how we like things. I mean, if we worked on a, ser- a system of twelve, we would like things that you know we, you know, when it's the twelfth anniversary or the twenty-fourth or so on. But we're kind of a system of ten kind of thinkers. We got. Ten fingers, so so you know. Anyway, well, uh, the 80th anniversary can't go by without some uh, recognition of the event, and without someone. And I, I'll refrain. I won't call them crackpots. I won't, because uh, they're not. I don't think they are. I think they are intelligent people who are victims of what is called motivated reasoning. They really, really, really want to disprove the standard model explanation for the disappearance of Amelia Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan. 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 Oh, sorry. That was such an overrated movie. Wasn't it? It's just... It's Caddyshack. It's such an... I mean, it was good, but for Pete's sake, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that good. And you know what? It's responsible for the damn... It's responsible for that. Every time you watch golf, if you watch golf, there's some numbskull that's got to be standing at every hole, and every time that there's a possibility that the ball could get into the hole with that with that shot whatever they call it, 
with that swing, with that hitting of the ball, if there's a possibility, there's going to be some yuts standing out there saying, Get in the hole! Get in the hole! That's, it comes from Caddyshack. Now, the phrase wasn't get in the hole in the film Caddyshack. It was, it's in the hole! You know, that was that you know Bill Murray character that was kind of funny in there. And But it's just, ugh. That's what's responsible for that get in the hole thing. Which is... It, which is almost as bad as this new thing that's creeping in. And I talked about it a while ago before the show went on to the iTunes. I talked about it a while ago. The woo That thing. Which, I, I did it at full, full volume when I talked about it before, but I, I'm not going to do it at full volume now. But it, the, the woo You hear that now. Creeping into football games and baseball games. You know, I'm listening on the headphones and there's some dipshit sitting in the crowd going woo Just And nothing's going on. It's not as if he's cheering some, you know, a great pitch or a hit or a home run or something. No, 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 no. He's just, just some, just some asshole has to go out there and do the Ric Flair, which is, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know it was, I just was questioning it. So all of a sudden there's this new thing creeping into sporting events with somebody in the crowd going, woo, doing that. You know, and 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 if it, 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 it just you know, the, oh, the you know, the crowd's quiet enough, they're gonna hear me, woo! And when I talked about it on the show, uh, back a while, a couple, few months ago, a few months ago now, uh, my younger brother brother was in the chat room when the show was being played, and he said, "Well, that's Ric Flair," because I guess that was his signature. You know, he's a wrestler, a professional wrestler. You know, like like, like I know professional wrestling. I know, I'm not into it. I was barely into it as a kid. I kind of watched it when it was a little bit. I went to one wrestling event when I was in high school, but other than that, just yeah, I just wasn't my thing. But that's what it is. I guess it's the Ric Flair thing. All right, so fine. You know, so that that's really annoying me. That just that really is annoying me. <laughs> so stop it. Yeah, it's just like you should be allowed to. I don't know pour some water on that guy, or at least give him a dirty look, which I'm sure people do. They look at him. Would you shut up? Would you just shut up? Why are you doing that? And why are you yelling getting in the hole? It's a football game. What are you yelling that for? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, right. Um, so Amelia Earhart, she disappeared. Now, the standard model explanation for what happened was when they got in that, that last leg where she, you know, that one leg, she was supposed to land on Howland Island or something like that, and uh, they, they couldn't find it. And I guess there were radio communications toward the end there, where they're saying they, they couldn't find it. I think that's that was part of it. And what eventually happened was they, they were off course. These islands are really kind of small. The ocean's way big, and to be able to spot them, you got your navigation has to be just right. And if you're off a little bit, you can overshoot something and and not even see it, not even know it's there. So, um, you know, they they missed it. They couldn't find the island. They were trying and trying and trying. They ran out of fuel and crashed in the ocean and died. That's the standard model explanation of what happened. The the evidence that we have, the 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 good evidence that we have, all points to that. Unless you have motivated reasoning, and you so want that explanation to be wrong, whether it's something that you're thinking about, whether these guys, these investigators that have come up in the news recently, um, whether that's their 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 conscious thinking that they're sitting there going through, this is what we want to have happen. That's probably not. It's just that's in there. It's in their reasoning for why they're doing this. They they believe that the Japanese got a hold of her. It's 1937. The Japanese were uh, were on the move. They were going into China, and they were doing, you know, they were, you know, imperialist Japan. They were trying to, you know, Japan does not have a lot of natural resources, so they need to, you know, they figured, let's go take them. Let's go take over the Pacific. Let's have it, and uh, uh, you know, and 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 they they were they were almost successful. The United States eventually, you know, beat them back, and that was you know. Uh, so anyway, I'm not going to do the World War II story, but so prior to that, uh, sure, they would have captured people, you know, a couple of Americans, and probably would accuse them of being spies and all that. But there's no records. The Japanese have no records of them capturing. Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan, or a couple of those people. There are anecdotes, anecdotes that are now 80 years old. And who knows when those anecdotes were first told? 
to, to investigators? Were they told right away, or were they you know, 20 or 30 years later, or 10 years later, or five years later? Did those anecdotes come out saying, oh yeah, we, our village, you know, we remember that there was uh, you know, the town on the, on the coastline, we remember there being uh, two white people, a male and female, uh, held, uh, 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 you know, held prisoner. Uh, we were, yeah, they were called. They were accused of being spies. Now th these stories can come up, but they're just anecdotes. There's no evidence to it. So, the re the latest thing, because it's the 80th anniversary, uh, there's a special that's going to be on cable TV, two-hour special, and I'm sure a book's coming. And I don't know if they're going to be presenting some sort of paper to a, a, a history journal, you know, to, to present their evidence. But uh, and I did not see the special, but I did see, I uh, read the article about it, and I did watch the um, uh, Today Show report on it, which is, you know, it's it's not going to be as in depth as a two-hour special, but it did go over their main pieces of evidence it did talk to the guys as they were this is what we found this is what we think is very significant and it's it's about as significant as as the patterson gimlin film maybe a little compelling but it's just not really good evidence and what is it? Well, it's in my hand. Now, <laughs> this is where I'm going to try to describe something through, uh, you know, through speaking to you, <laughs> through a podcast. Uh, you will have to check the show notes. I'll link to it so you can look at the photograph yourself. A, a photograph was dug up somewhere. Somebody found this photograph. And what it shows is a dock looking out onto the ocean. There are several boats in the water. There's a there's a uh, uh, a uh, a tug a tow barge that uh, has been identified as the Koshu that's back there, and there are these there are other boats out there. And at the at the end of the dock, right there by the water, is a group of people. There, by my count, there are eight people standing there. It's kind of hard to see all of them. Uh, it's the picture is taken from. Several yards away, the photo, the, the whoever took the picture is several yards away, and the group of people appear to be aware that their picture is being taken, because uh, one, two, three of them at least are looking right in the direction of the of the photographer. Uh, so at least those three fellows know their picture is being taken. And then there's a there's a person there's a, uh, off to the left of the picture there's a boat in the water and there's one two three four five people on that boat that I can see and they all appear to be looking at the photographer so the people there are aware that a picture is being taken uh, <clears throat> this photograph now it's 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 short on detail it really is. Uh, the first thing I want to examine here, the the Koshu is out in the water. Uh, it's I, I think you could probably figure out about how far it is from the from the dock and from the camera uh, by knowing how long the ship is, the boat is, barge, whatever whatever the damn thing is. But um, it's to the right of the photograph. Right behind it is something that kind of sort of looks like an airplane and the 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 assumption is is that this barge is towing this airplane and in the report done by the today show the investigators of this claim that uh, that that airplane shaped thing because I, I don't know what it is it might be an airplane. it might be another boat it might be I, I don't know what that is you, there's no details. It's just a kind of a whitish cross in the photograph, uh, which yeah, I suppose a cross is plane shaped, but but the investigators claim that the thing is 38 feet long, which is how long Amelia Earhart's plane was that she was flying on that around the world attempt that she made in 1937. Oh, well, how do you know that? I, it's. It, 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 I'm not even sure how close it is to the to the Koshu, the barge. Is it right behind it? Is it 
further back from it. It might be right behind it, but we don't know what it is. I would think that it's very difficult to discern uh, uh, how big it is because the image is so indistinct. So you can't... I, I don't know how you can tell how far it is from the camera, how how you can tell where it is in relationship to this to the the barge and the dock and the people and the and all this other stuff. I don't know how they can figure that out and and come up with 38 feet. But, you know, the airplane was 38 feet, so I'm sure they tried any calculation they could and said, oh, guess what? We come up with 38 feet when we do this. Oh, then that's what must be what it is. So, motivated reasoning. Then, okay, the group of people. Supposedly, in this group of people, uh, well, at least the investigators claim that Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan can be seen. Really? Well, let's see. There's a guy in this group. He's standing. He's facing the camera. He's looking down a little bit. And he has a hairline that's very similar to Fred Noonan's. Fred Noonan had uh, that hairline that, uh, you know, it's, it's called uh, male pattern baldness. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. And there are, there are patterns that men will get when they lose their hair. It kind of goes in s similar ways. And one of the ways is that the, the hairline above the temples gets, you know, the, those peaks get really big. You know, it's like the, the peaks of your, the hair along your temples are making the, the, bee, the, the bee line for your behind. You know, have you heard that? So, so that's what it looks like. So the hair in the middle is still pretty much where it was when he was younger, but the hair along those sides is taking a deep plunge. Well, that's common in men. Japanese men, too. So, you know, and so they had a photographic expert superimpose this image on a picture of Fred Noonan. And they blow it way up, and it's just a blur. It's, that's all it is. It's just a blur. There's a, there's, a, there's a shape for the forehead, there's a shape for the line of the hair, and there's a, there's a kind of a triangular with rounded corners shape of the nose, and they all kind of line up. Well, you know, if you got a guy, a Japanese guy with that same kind of hairline, holding his head in about the same way as Fred Noonan was in that picture, and you line him up, the nose is going to fall in the same place. Because, unless I'm mistaken, Japanese people's noses is pretty much in the same place as European people's noses. You know, American people, African people. You know, the, the nose is pretty much in the same place. So, yeah, it's going to line up. And there's barely, there's no detail. None. These are just blurry shapes that just kind of line up. Oh, okay. So that's obviously Fred Noonan. Now, the other thing, the uh, Amelia Earhart. Now, when the report is going on, they don't point out right away which one is being claimed to be Amelia Earhart. I thought it was the, it, the person that's standing in the middle of this group, facing the camera, wearing uh, dark pants, a, a light shirt, looks like a headband, and it's kind of standing in a pose that I've seen Amelia Earhart stand in. And Amelia, she was very thin. She had a slight build. Uh, I guess she was fairly tall, I think. Uh, uh, but anyway, she she had longish hair, but but shortish hair. You know what I mean? It's kind of in between. Longish for a guy, shortish for a woman, right? So I, I was thinking that, you know, I kept looking at this, well, they think that's Amelia Earhart? Really? Well, I, I suppose. I guess I can kind of see how they see it. And then, no, I find out I'm wrong. It's the person that's next to that guy who has has his or her back, because we can't tell, has their back to the camera. They are squatting down or sitting down at the edge of the dock and looking off to what would be their right. So you see the side of the face. All it is is just a kind of a little shape that looks kind of face-like because you have the context of everything else. And, the, and then you see the dark hair, which is kind of short for a woman, Kind of long for a guy, you know. At this, at this time in this part of in this history and among Japanese people, so, and the build is slight. So they're saying that's Amelia Earhart. Well, maybe, but maybe it's just a Japanese person. Maybe all eight of these people are Japanese people just standing at the edge of the dock. There's an anecdote 
about what happened to the, the, the photographer of this picture. He was executed because he took pictures of spies. Now, there is something missing from this photograph, other than <laughs> detail. Now, we're, we're supposed to be, the story is, whoever took this picture was killed because he took pictures of, uh, he or she took pictures of, of two spies, two American spies. White spies, maybe they didn't know they were Americans or something. Um, one, why does the picture exist? If they executed the guy, you think they would have destroyed the film, and so the picture wouldn't even exist? That's one. And two, the thing that's missing from the picture, where are the guards? These are two spies. Seems awfully nonchalant for spies to be just kind of one just you know squatting at the end of the dock and the other one just you know looking at a camera. Yeah, I don't know. You might be lighting a cigarette or something. It's just, it's just you know, they seem awfully nonchalant. And there's no guards. There's no police authority. There's no sailors or soldiers. Where are they? So this is just really shitty evidence. It, it really is. It's bad. If you have motivated reasoning to believe that the story is that they were captured as spies by the Japs Japanese, then you will you, this this will be compelling to you. But if you're trying to look at it, just what is this picture showing us? And and being honest with what it is showing us, it's showing a group of people standing on a dock. And for you know, for all we know, they could all be Japanese. So the for evidence, this is terrible. So there's a two-hour special, and this is the kind of the the button on the whole thing. The two-hour special is airing on the History Channel, <laughs> which long ago became the, uh, the 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 bullshit channel. I mean, I looked uh, I, uh, my my friend Craig. He kind of helps me out with some research here and there. He sent me. A, uh, a link to the schedule of what's on the History Channel right now. And, I mean, there's a show called American Pickers, and there's a show called Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars! It's like saying porn stars. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> anyway, um, and those are kind of tangentially, tangentially, I'm not sure how to say the word, uh, related to history, because I guess you get some stories of history, so of these objects that are brought into the pawn, st uh, the pawn store uh, for people to sell or to find out about. And the, I guess the American Pickers are a couple of pawn shop, shop guys that go around the country and look at objects and things, so you get a little history. So I guess it's a stretch, but I guess it's there. But And, and, and it reminded me, that there was a there was a meme that went around, I guess six years ago now, and I found it, and it shows the a brief history of the History Channel. So from 1995 to 2001, it was the History Channel, and it shows a bunch of pictures. You know, there's Napoleon, there's Washington crossing the Delaware, there's Genghis Khan, there's Mao Zedong, uh, and you know other historical type things. A variety of history images. Then from 2002 to 2006, uh, it became the Hitler Channel. And my wife first introduced that term for it for me. It's called the Hitler Channel, <laughs> the Hitler Channel because it became all about World War II. Well, you know, at least there's some history there. And then in about 2007, till and this, according to this, it became the Her Channel, H-U-R-R. -R. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. But from 2007 to 2011, and I guess to today, it's now the you know Space Aliens Channel, Ancient Astronauts, Ancient Aliens. You know, Nostradamus and all this other bullshit. And I guess there's more, you know, reality shows like Mountain Men. You know, it's it's about you know people that are living in the mountains. What the hell does that have to do with history? It's really sad. And then they have all this kind of these sensational programs on now, which is what this thing is. The Amelia Earhart thing's gonna go up there. It's gonna go on the History Channel. And Craig and I were trying to figure out a new name for the History Channel. And I, I, I came up with, let's see, I wrote it down. Uh, let's see, you, I guess you, you, know, you couldn't call it the Bullshit Channel because, well, that would offend some people. Uh, but let's see. Um, but uh, calling it the kind of sort of sometimes gets close to something that might kind of have something to do with History Channel might be a little long. It's just, it's just sad. Oops, not that one. Oh, I love that song though. I love it. <laughs> I love that song though. No, this is what this is what I meant to hit.
Good night, Doctor. Good night. Oh, I still make the goofs. I've been at this for I don't know how long. I still make the goofs, but they don't get edited out. So, um, anyway, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and you should be skeptical, especially of this Amelia Earhart thing. I'm telling you, it's not very good evidence. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Simmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. hell.